0: Hey, this is Doug Sandler, producer of The Entrepreneur's Cafe. Erica is taking some much-needed R&R, and this week we're going to be bringing you a classic Rewind episode, one of her popular episodes from way back in the stacks. Check out this classic Rewind of The Entrepreneur's Cafe. Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger.
1: Welcome to the cafe, wealthies. Well, grab a cup of something yummy, sit back and prepare to be inspired. You know, here in the cafe, we talk a lot about true wealth from the inside out and we talk about the spirit of entrepreneuring. Well, I've invited a brilliant guest to be with us today to discuss a heart-centered approach to both. And there is no one on the planet who I admire more, and there's no one I'd rather have here in the cafe to celebrate our one-year anniversary on air. I've known him and studied his work for over 20 years, and I am so excited to hear his inspiring tips for us today. So let me introduce him. Dan Millman is a former world champion athlete, university coach, martial arts instructor, and college professor. And after an intensive 20-year spiritual quest, Dan's teachings and coaching found its form as the Peaceful Warrior's Way, expressed fully in his books and lectures. His 17 books, including the book that changed my life and helped me discover Dan's work, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, have inspired and informed millions of readers in 29 languages worldwide. In fact, the feature film, Peaceful Warriors, starring Nick Nolte, was adapted from Dan's first book, based upon incidents from his own life. Much of Dan's time now is devoted to writing and speaking. His keynotes, seminars, and workshops influence men and women from all walks of life, including leaders in the fields of health, psychology, education, business, politics, sports, entertainment, and the arts. Dan and his wife Joy live in Brooklyn, New York. They have three grown daughters, four grandchildren. And all I can tell you today, guys, is I am honored to call him my mentor, my teacher, and my friend. Welcome to the cafe, Dan Millman.
2: Well, thank you, Erica. And I, after that introduction, I feel speechless. All I want to say is are there any questions? And in <laughs> fact, I think you have a few.
1: <laughs> I sure do. And and after us knowing each other as long as we have a new world of work and body of work being as just far reaching as it is, I know we could talk forever. So I'm gonna start this short interview by asking you to begin by sharing maybe a bit about what any of your current projects are, entrepreneurial as they may be. What are you working on?
2: Well, that's a good place to start. Now is my favorite time. And currently, I'm working on, um, well, actually, it's completed. Uh, in, it's in the publishing shoot now. A book, my first actual memoir called Peaceful Heart, Warrior Spirit. And it goes into my formative years and then four radically different mentors who influenced my life and work and made this approach to living that I teach possible i think and i won't say too much about that now it's a bit early i guess i guess it's out there on amazon now but it's not going to be published till january uh, officially of uh, next year so let me just say it put me in a reflective mood i had a chance between the first and ninth draft of the book from a bloated 500 page autobiography sort of <laughs> a memory dump a memory download to um, uh, I, I hope a tight 220 page memoir, you know, I had a great deal of time to think about my life, uh, the good points, the high points, the low points, and gain perspective. And it's, I always recommend to anybody, whether they want to get published or not, to keep a journal or write their own memoir, whether it's a page or a couple hundred pages, to go back and appreciate their life because it's guaranteed to increase in value over time to themselves. Their children, their nieces, nephews. You know, what if we discovered something from our great, great grandparents? What their lives were like? Wouldn't that be valuable to us? And oh, yeah. I think the same is true. So I'm glad I had a chance to do this sort of completion, in a sense, looking back on my career.
1: Wow. Now, did I detect a, a few little words in there where you said the first memoir? So does that possibly leave us open that there'll be others?
2: Well, probably not. I think I covered the territory. Uh, <laughs> maybe, but, but not likely. What I meant by it, memoir is based on one's best memories. Got it. And that's what I did. I checked with friends, family, of course, with my wife, Joy, of 45 years. She went through much of the adventure with me. So I checked out my memory because every memoirist is an unreliable narrator. We tend to make things look a bit more rosy. I'll remember selectively through the filter of our own perceptions. So when I say memoir, it's the first book that is wholly true and factual, uh, as as true as I could possibly put it down. And, and my other books, as you know, Erica, blend um, some autobiography, particularly way of the peaceful warrior, with fictional elements for the sake of teaching and the story. Right. Um, kind of it was a new genre in a way, but I never called it memoir. It was a semi-autobiographical novel. That's how I build it. Whereas this one, it's wholly true. Now, being true doesn't mean it's going to be better or more interesting. You have to still write it like a story where it unfolds in a way people can relate to. Just like my comments now, I'm always thinking, what might your listeners take away? You know, what might they get a value? And my goal here is, you know, when I speak, my aim isn't to inspire people and motivate them. As you well know, somebody came up to me once after a seminar and said, Dan, I I don't know, I feel kind of inspired. I said, don't worry, it'll pass. (laughs) (laughs) Because inspiration comes and goes. Um, I try to plant some seeds. and So I hope I'm able to respond to your questions in a way that your listeners can take something away of, of value, a reminder, a perspective, an observation.
1: Great. Well, let's pick up on the principles of that are woven into the Peaceful Warrior's way, your whole approach, not just in the initial way of the Peaceful Warrior book, but the whole, the whole body of work. And most of our listeners, as you and I have talked about, are entrepreneurs. And the last 18 months, as we all know, and we're recording this right now, we've all been involved in changes and challenges of the pandemic and had to modify our businesses and our lives. What were some of the principles out of your teachings that that we might apply and that have helped you during the last 18 months and maybe going forward?
2: Sure. Well, a couple of reminders, because that's really mainly what I do, just offer reminders and of what people already know deep down but tend to forget. And, and one of them was actually raised by my daughter, Sierra. We wrote a book called together, as you know, called The Creative Compass on writing and the creative process. And she pointed out, constraints breed creativity. For example, someone can write a free-form poem and go on and on and on uh, with it uh, for pages. Or if they're assigned a haiku, which, as you know, is, is a Japanese traditional poem with, I think, something like 17 syllables. Where seven, and then five, and then seven in three lines. Now, writing a poetry in haiku format, that's a constraint. So we have to get creative, and it's really immersive. It's a fun thing to do, to try writing a haiku poem. Uh, Again, seven syllables, five syllables, then seven in three lines, and that's the form. So again, we've been constrained with the lockdowns, and with our lives have been contracted, And no, it's not been pleasant. It's been very, very hard on some people, especially young people who they're all about friends and peers and interaction. It's a fundamental kind of visceral need for them and for any of us. So, you know, not being able to see our grandkids for a long time, for us personally, Joy and I, there have been other issues, but we haven't suffered nearly as much as as many people, I think. So that constraint has bred creativity. We found new ways to do things, such as the Zoom format, in our case, audio, that we're doing now. It's been developed and expanded, and and whole societies have had to adapt. So that's one reminder. The other, in a briefer sense, is the value of adversity. It's one of the themes that flow through several of my books uh, in, in moments. We all know Or maybe we discovered that daily life is kind of a form of spiritual weight training. And if we don't lift any weights, we don't get stronger. Life develops what it demands. So the COVID, the pandemic, this century pandemic has really changed the world. I don't think we we can appreciate how it's changed us or the world for a few more years at least. But we have gotten stronger and wiser because of it. And that's what adversity does. Um, anytime we look back on our lives and have gone through difficult times and overcome difficulties and challenges, we, we ha- don't have to pretend to like it, but we can appreciate it. We can keep that thread of attention that we're a little bit stronger and a little bit wiser because of that difficulty. And I think we can appreciate more our lives as society opens up. Of course, it's had a, a hiccup with this Delta variant. But I think we can um, begin to appreciate how we've all come through this together. And we are in this together. So I think there are some valuable aspects that have come out of this, this difficulty. And we are stronger, I think, in some ways, we are wiser. This has been a stress test for society, just like those bank stress tests, to see how strong we are. And we've seen. Things in the world of politics, in our belief structures, um, how all these things have come through and out of this period. So we'll look back on it and say, this was really bad. It was tough. Many people died, grieving, tragedy. With all that, um, those of us who move on can appreciate the simple things of life a little more. So rather than waxing on too long, that's essentially my response.
1: Well, thank you, and that's really, you know, that a sage reaction to the whole thing. You know, adversity just toughens us; it tempers the sword. Going to one of the ways we got creative, we just the whole world just watched. I don't know what was it—the last seventeen days, the world just watched the Olympics, and we had to get creative there. Japan did, right? I mean, they yes. they pulled that off. And you know the arena of world competitive gymnastics extremely well, and we watched Simone Biles stop and take care of her mental health during those um, Olympic games. And I'm thinking about there's more there that I, I don't just want to tune that out. For me, I want to take something from, and God knows that was her adversity, but I want to take something from it. And as entrepreneurs, you know, she stopped what she was doing and said wait a second something else is important here i don't know what other lessons for you might there be in that or in the world of gymnastics or in the olympics for us as entrepreneurs
2: i have experienced something like what simone experienced uh the same day i read about her deciding to pull back um of all places during the Olympic Games, where the pressure is immense in every sense of the word, whether you're competing or you decide not to compete, how many people decide not to compete you know, right. uh, for, for no visible reason? But I'll tell you, I wrote a, a Facebook post that same day, uh, completely in support before newspaper articles and other uh, items came out in support of her decision. Remember, I was a coach at Stanford. I was a women's coach at UC Berkeley in gymnastics. So for me, it was all about toughing it out, getting through, the show must go on, doing what you need to do. And I could have given her some good advice. However, having experienced what she called the twisties, or as well known, where you just kick out, you don't know where you are twisting, your body just somehow has this blip, this this moment of lapse. Um, It is not an easy thing to get over. And I have done that. I, I lost a couple of moves during my young athletic career and i had to focus so hard getting them back over time but there in the olympics her body was really in danger if she decided just to go on for pressure and do it so to me it was a positive sign of what's really important and do you need to take care of yourself your mental health your emotional health and i think you know it's the old cliche. God, I hate to even repeat it about putting on your oxygen mask before you help someone else with theirs. Yeah, because the better we are, the better each of us is. Cell it is a single cell on the body of this earth. We call it's a living creature, Earth, and we are each cells. And the more we can do to to have our mind, emotions, body, our spirit together, the better it is for the health of the whole. So it's an obligation and duty for us to take care of ourselves. It is not self-ish, except in the best sense of the word. So I think she was doing uh, an important thing. And as I said in that Facebook post, it took great courage for her to do what she did. Other people thought it was the opposite, but they don't They don't get it. I did.
1: Yeah, it, it just seemed tremendous to me. I, I Obviously, I'm not a, a, a gymnast, a, a, never mind an Olympian, but I have had vertigo and I hated every minute of it. And all I can say is, you know, I I agree with you. I think that what she did was just stellar. And as entrepreneurs, we need to take care of ourselves. I remember a long time ago when you were writing one of the books you were writing when you were out here on the West Coast. And I think we had all talked about getting together and you claimed your space. You said, you know, I'm writing this book and this is my time. And as a, you know, that's as an entrepreneur, you set your boundaries, you claimed your time, um, you took care of you. Because then, look what came out of it. We got to read some great stuff and have it. Well, thank you, stuff.
2: thank you. By the way, there was a wise uh, psychiatrist, a Japanese psychiatrist named Shoma Morita, who had three great guidelines for living wisely and well and functioning in life, getting things done. And those three guidelines were based on an understanding of what we have more or less control over in our lives. And uh, Morita noticed we had less direct control by our will over what emotions passed through us, came and went, and what thoughts appeared in our awareness and and then passed away. Uh, We had less control over the thoughts and emotions, and we do our behavior, Um, how we move our arms and legs, what we say and do. Even though that doesn't always feel in our control, we actually have more control over that. So Morita Came up with these three guidelines. He said, First, accept your thoughts and feelings. You don't have to change them, fix them, run from them, obey them, be worried about them. Just accept what you're feeling and thinking in the moment as natural to you. So you don't fight it. You just, oh, notice them as you would in meditation, for example. The second thing is to know your purpose. What is your purpose? And the third is do what needs to be done in line with your purpose. Now, some people would say, well, well, Biles, then, if she knew her purpose and did what needed to be done, she would have competed and pushed through it. However, it's very respectful of the individual. Her purpose, her priority was not winning another medal. She'd already proven herself many times over. Her purpose was protecting the body and the mind when she was going through an extraordinarily, unfortunately timed episode. So she was doing those three things. She was accepting her thoughts and feelings, yep. focusing on a purpose and doing what needed to be done. And that's good advice for any athlete. It's good advice for any entrepreneur based on their purpose and, and doing what needs to be done.
1: Lovely. You know, I was thinking too about her purpose and also it was good for the whole team. I mean, it when in the long run, I think it made others step up as well. So it was a win all around. Exactly. All
2: around, so to speak. Yes, (laughs) Um, And she was there supporting her teammates fully, open-heartedly.
1: Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, another favorite quote of yours that has always been with me since uh, I went and had an individual session with Dan. I'm talking to the wealthy community that's listening in right now. You can go to Dan's website actually and get a little mini taste of the life you were born to live by entering in your own um, information, your birth date. And one time when I met with Dan, he gave me this quote. So Dan, let's talk about this. One of those favorite quotes you gave me once you said, Erica, you can't monitor the God of your heart while you're busy monitoring the God of opinion. And I'll tell you, with all the opinions that are out there on social media about how to grow our businesses as entrepreneurs, which social media platform we should be on, where we should post our posts and our blogs, and whether we should use this platform or that for our courses that we're teaching, how do we tune out all the noise and focus in on the God of our heart?
2: Well, you mentioned noise and uh, focusing in and, and a favorite quotation of mine about writing, Somerset Mom once said, there are three essential rules you have to do to write a successful novel. Unfortunately, nobody knows what they are. <laughs> <laughs> and ev- everyone has rules and techniques. It worked for me. It worked for these people. But, it, you know, each of us has our own path to blaze. And we have to do what feels right for us. Uh, and I don't mean that in a self-indulgent way. Oh, I don't feel like doing this or that. But some people spin their wheels trying to do put all the ducks in a row, thinking that guarantees success, but neither hard work nor anything else guarantees success. Uh, in fact, we, can con- we cannot control the outcomes, but we can control our efforts. By making a good effort over time, we increase the odds of getting our desired result over not making the effort. So to me, effort is success. I define success as making progress toward a goal that's meaningful to us. And different goals are meaningful to different people. So if you have a goal as an entrepreneur, you just continue to do it over time. Sometimes the last key on the ring opens the door. And if one thing isn't working, try another. And we all find some level of success, we all find some level of trust. So yes, You know, I I also say, along the lines of that quote you you cited, Erica, I I think it's really important for us to trust our own process. And one of the worst things we we do today, especially with social media, where everybody's showing how smiling and how happy they are in Costa Rica or wherever. Right. Um, And what a great time they're having. We're all desperately searching for the good life. And what we need to realize is we're living the grandest life of all, our our own, um, as we should live it. So comparison is a disrespect to ourselves, comparing ourselves to anybody else, including our younger self. I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to do that. Comparing ourselves to anybody else disrespects our own process. I learned this as a young athlete and coach. I found that some people took longer to learn a somersault, let's say, than other people. But those who took longer to learn it often learned it better than those who took longer. If we compare ourselves to someone else, we're either going to feel superior or inferior. And both of which are just a mistaken impression in my. Boy, I
1: need a T-shirt that says that. You yeah. know, a long time ago, I think you talked about a book uh, way long ago. Dan, was it Heidi's horse or yes. something? Yes. And one of your daughters, it was either Sierra or China, were learning how to draw a horse, and you showed them that book, and that just came to my head. Don't ask me why but beautiful
2: beautiful well yes uh Heidi's horse a mother collected drawings her she was an artist the mother and an established artist and her daughter loved horses so she drew you know two-year-old scribbles circles and lines and so on but over time it started looking a little like a figure with three legs four legs and it improved over time and by the time Heidi was like um, you know 18 she was drawing beautiful horses but it showed the process month yeah. by month. Yeah. And I showed it to Sierra when she was like four years old. And I showed her like the 12-year-old uh, Heidi's drawing of the horse. And Sierra looked and said, oh, I could never draw a horse like that. And I said, well, let's see what she was doing when she was four years old, when she was your age. We flipped back in the book and she, her eyes got big. She said, that's how I draw horses.
1: Oh, God. And so
2: she cute. saw how Heidi had improved step-by-step. Step. And all of us need to do that, even as entrepreneurs. We, we just look at the product. Oh, look at that successful person. I had a friend in college or high school. Now they're really successful. But again, that's comparison. It's meaningless. People have they are under different stars, different karma, different backgrounds, different timing and luck. And we can only do the best we can do. Um, I think it was Lord Chesterfield who once said, he said, "I cannot write a book commensurate to Shakespeare, but I can write a book by me, Ugh. and that's guided me in, in my own entrepreneurial life."
1: Yeah, that's that's right. I can't I can't run a business like Oprah, but I can run one like me. Exactly. Wow, that's f- fabulous. Like I said, I think I want that T-shirt. Say say what you said again. So comparison is a
2: is a form of a, a- it's a disrespect, disrespect for our own process, Gosh, and so we either feel superior or inferior. Uh, and again, not comparing ourselves to ourselves either, like you know, our younger selves or what we right. used to be able to do. We are living our, our perfect life right now. We're not we're perfect yet, not perfected. So we continue to improve over time. That's what it's about. It's not about some absolute level you reach. You know, I had these young you know, guys going, Dan, I'm doing pretty well, but I don't think I'm doing 100% yet. How can I reach my full potential? And I, sometimes I, I look at them and go, hmm, well, maybe what if you have yesterday? What if you reach your potential yesterday? And the rest is kind of free time. <laughs> You're in recess. <laughs> you hit your peak yesterday. <laughs> How are you going to live then? Because it's always crazy making.
1: I could do better. I could do better. Right. Oh, my gosh. So I'm assuming, and maybe I'm off, you have a, an online course now, Master the Path of the Peaceful Warrior. Some of the things we've talked about are probably woven in there. In your view, is there anything else within that online course? Because I want to send people in the show notes, I'll send them that way onto your website. But in your view, how anything else within that might support our entrepreneurial listeners?
2: Well, um, yes, I could, I could recommend either on audio or the print book, The Four Purposes of Life, one of my 18 books, um, which really help address this whole thing, search for career, entrepreneurship. And The Master of the Path is based on elements, the 12 gateways. It's, it covers kind of the, the breadth of the whole idea of personal growth uh, in a very practical way. I'd like to say very practical things we can seamlessly use in our everyday life. So. Um, yeah, it's one of my four online courses um, on different topics. And anybody who's interested can obviously, as you said in the show notes later, visit my website. They're most welcome to drop by.
1: Great. And then where are you uh, appearing or are you appearing anywhere in person or virtually um, this coming year, maybe to promote the memoir?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I just did a talk in Boston, my first in-person talk in 18 months wow. in, um, for a group of financial uh, planner people. Um, and that, that was fun. And my website event page does have media things coming up. There'll be a lot more soon because with a new book coming, you know, the run up to the new book. Uh, and by the way, it's called Peaceful Heart, Warrior Spirit. And that's why I say we're all peaceful warriors in training, because all of us are searching to live with a more peaceful heart sense of serenity, equanimity, and so on. but also there are times we need a warrior spirit and that's one of my biggest reminders. So the peaceful heart warrior spirit and anybody want is curious they can look on Amazon at the description
1: Dan, I really want to thank you so much. I know you're a busy person and sought after all over the place and that you came and celebrated our one-year anniversary here with me today means the world. Um, I have a more peaceful heart knowing you, and I hope our listeners got something really yummy out of today's talk with you. And again, I I really want to thank you for, for stopping by.
2: Oh, I know we'll talk soon, Erica, and uh, my best to your listeners um, from a fellow entrepreneur.
1: Thanks, Dan. Okay, wealthies, always remember that success is in your nature and true wealth starts from the inside out. All the information in today's episode, including social media links and the website for Dan will be in the show notes. And don't forget, please take a minute to rate and review the podcast. Until next week, wealthies, be well and be awesome. Okay, podcast team, take us out.
0: Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart, follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit, over at EricaRossCoach.com forward slash toolkit.